Good morning. You are listening to the Sahaja Yoga Meditation Program. Today in the studio, our guest speakers are Maima and Hema. Our friend Lawrence is on the panel and I'm Caroline. We all know that being a parent is the hardest job on earth. Yet there's no university, no diploma for it. Just about anyone can become a parent and sometimes with very little guidance. Shimatajinia Maladevi, the founder of Sahaja Yoga, in her great wisdom, has given us a lot of advice about parenting. And we would like to share some of them with you today. Also, pure knowledge is inside of us. And when we meditate, we start knowing what to do from within. Hopefully, we will manage to convey some of the experiences and tell you how meditation helps us in our daily parenting. Sri Ganesha is the first deity that was created so that the whole universe is filled with auspiciousness, with peace, bliss and spirituality. But before we start speaking about upbringing of children, let's clarify what is meditation about. Despite all its popularity today, very few people truly understand what meditation is. Some regard meditation as a mental concentration, visualization or imagination of something. In reality, it is not an act of doing. It is a state. Meditation is a state of thoughtless awareness, of mental silence. We either in that state or we are not, regardless of what we are doing in life. Truly, a man can be in meditation while doing his day's labors, as another man can be far from meditating while sitting in a lotus posture on the top of a mountain. True meditation is much more than taking a quiet moment for yourselves. It is a state of profound peace that occurs when the mind is silent, yet completely alert. This is just the beginning of an inner transformation that takes us to the higher level of awareness. It enables us to fulfill our true human potential. The question, of course, is how to reach that state. Well, we can all achieve that mental silence. It's built within us. The first step is the awakening of a motherly energy that we have inside our sacrum bone, called the Kundalini. Once awakened, she connects us to our true self, to our spirit. The Kundalini is rising from the base of our spine to the top of our head. When she reaches the brain, she helps us to stop the thoughts and achieve the state of thoughtless awareness. The mind activity slows down. 
and is replaced by silence. The desires go, leaving a deep feeling of satisfaction, and all what is left is the inner peace that we're all looking for, is the inner joy that we're all searching for. With the awakening of our Kundalini, we have the tools to choose the right path in life and stick to it. We can introspect, self-correct and evolve. This, uh, this is our choice. This is our free will. Stay with us as you will be able to experience the awakening of your Kundalini through a guided meditation in a few minutes. yoga meditation program today in the program you're going to hear a lot of songs of children or for or from children as the um, program is dedicated to the upbringing of children 
And um, we have Mahima and Hema in the studio. And uh, we'd like to discuss our experience as regular meditators to start with. Good morning, Emma. Good morning, Caroline. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Thank you for joining us today. It's my pleasure. How long have you been meditating for? It's almost half half of my lifetime. I mean, it's been 16 years in meditation now. And uh, why do you meditate? Well, when I... How I started meditation was through my friend. And when I started it, I just felt this warm breeze on my hands. And once I started it, my heart was full of pure love and joy. And when I saw Shrimataji, I felt that that's why I'm in this earth for, to see her, to gain this pure knowledge, this pure love. And I think I have known love after coming to Sahaja Yoga. What is pure love? And that's why it's my life now. So your friend told you about Sahaja Yoga? Yes. So why did you go? Uh, she just she said a she said a very interesting line that we on um, we use the elements in this meditation and we just light light a candle and do you want to come with me and I think I was searching God somewhere within and God in the sense I was searching this pure energy within to be connected to and when she told me I thought I better go and have a look and the first day I started I've I've kept on continuing till this time today so if you've been meditating for 16 years i'm sure you find great benefit to it <laughs> definitely we, we meditate every day so it's it's quite a, a bit of time involved definitely and, and so what does a man benefit you feel in, in your daily life before meditation i always used to fall sick i was prone to accidents i would always have head pains and um i came i had just started Sahaja yoga maybe a couple of months and I met another accident but because I had started Sahaja Yoga I was completely saved and uh, when I went to the doctor he said your eyesight um, it's difficult to get it back one of the the left eye but uh, because of Sahaja Yoga I, as I had already got my realization I was connected to this power my eye became completely all right within a week and I got my eyesight back and that was a very amazing miracle not for just not just for me, but for my family to see as well. It's a power of our Kundalini, isn't it? A Definitely. The Kundalini once awakened, just do a lot for our mental and physical health as well as uh, emotional. And Mahima, what are the benefits in your life of uh, practicing Sahaja Yoga? I think the main benefit is um, you can, it's such an easy technique to apply it in your day to day life that you can be just doing a normal thing. Like when, when I found out about Sahaja Yoga, I was a student at university level. And uh, you know, you are staying in a boarding, the peer pressure, the society around you, education, the all the pressures basically the society expects of you and the pressures that's been put on you from your family and the environment around you. After I learned to meditate, I felt it was very much easier for me to bear a lot of things which goes on around the world around you it makes your life simpler and the world around you a much easier place to be mm -hmm. so i think it helps in, in and i realized just a five minute morning and a five minute evening meditation session was giving me enough balance to deal with my day-to-day -day life in a very easy way and everything became easy and relaxed so i continued on so do you mean that you were reacting less to the 
uh, outside world when it gets a little bit difficult? I think so. I think the main the the main amazing part of Sahaja Yoga meditation is that this Kundalini energy puts you in a state of thoughtless awareness when you meditate, but it also gives you a state of witness, so you can observe things by not getting too involved in them, and uh, that makes it very much easier because then you are there, not necessarily reacting or getting involved in everything that is usually or previously annoying you mm. was not annoying anymore it was just fun to be there and watch it yeah not getting emotional or angry anymore about yeah, things that just made it you. easy and ladies you're both uh, mothers isn't it both of two children so Mahima had two girls and uh, him had two boys <laughs> and how is meditation helping you in your parenting you can one of you can start <laughs> After coming to Sahaja Yoga, I have um, really known, I mean, I have really felt that uh, parenting becomes so much easier because um, you don't have to discipline children so much. And my, my boys have been practicing meditation too since birth. So um, it's, it's like they, they just, they feel your love. They have to feel your love. They feel your love. And they themselves, the Kundalini energy just disciplines them somehow. And they become lovely, lovely, uh, lovely human beings on this earth. And um, it's basically children are all innocent. And um, it's the ego and the super ego that develops. And that's, that's how the problems are created. But after coming to Sahaja Yoga, once this energy is reawakened, it becomes very much easier for the children. And they feel your love, they know you love, you love them and they don't want to put you down and they, they're always self-disciplined. Actually, I've got a quote of Srimati Ji, very short quote where she said, you must learn to discipline your children from love. So I remember when I read it, being um, trying to understand because usually discipline you feel like is, it's when your love is stopping. <laughs> but no, and uh, experiencing on my own children and other children, I realize that actually children only listen to you when they're scared to lose your love. So they have to feel the bond and, and the love pouring out of you and then listen more. Yes, they, they, they should feel that they are loved and they are respected and they give it back to you from the heart. And Mahima, how is uh, meditation helping you? Well, I realized after having children that uh, I mean, children are very pure and very innocent and the funny thing is which you only realize when you do have a children is that we are their role models so when they start reacting and when they start saying things back to you you feel that they're very out of order or very unruly or disobedient but when they repeat your own phrases you after a while you realize that <laughs> this is what you say and this is how you talk and that's why they're saying this back to you then you actually start to look at yourself you sit down and look at yourself and uh, and you wonder, is that what really I come across as? So I think um, the best thing was for me was when I realized when I was in a balanced state in my chakras, in my awareness, when I was in balanced state, my kids were better behaved. So the discipline issue was not too much to be dealt with. But when I realized when I was stressed out, when I was hectic, when I was running around in circles, they were completely out of control as well. So. I mean, it's very easy to blame a child for being not listening and being crazy or having a tantrum. But we don't we forget to look at ourselves because we ourselves are having a tantrum. 
and we are failed to accept it. So I think meditation gave me that insight in my own personality that if I lose my own tantrums, my children will not have tantrums. Mm. And it, true. And I it, do believe this strongly. Yeah, and it works for both parents. So as long as we both looked at ourselves, kept ourselves in balance, the kids were very balanced. It's a very strong bond between the yeah. parents and the child. Uh, we will talk about uh, parenting a little bit more in the second part of the program. But uh, just one more question, Mahima. What, what is self-realization? What is it about? Um, as you might have already heard through the radio program or if you have uh, known anything about Surge Yoga before, we are all born with this innate motherly dormant energy within ourselves called the Kundalini. And if this energy through our pure desire gets awakened, gets charged in, a, in a, another way you can say, it rises through the, uh, from the base of our spine to the top of our head. And when it reaches the top of our head, it uh, it puts you in a state of meditation and it also gives you something which is called a self-realization where you become aware of your own subtle system basically about your own chakras about what's really happening within yourself so self-realization is basically i mean the main goal of all human lives but we kind of tend to forget what what we're here for really Our connection with the universe that's right so um um, we are inviting you now to experience your self-realization and it's very simple and it doesn't require any effort so it's actually very enjoyable and um, peaceful so to do so Mahima is going to take you through a guided meditation uh, if you can it would be nice if you could remove your shoes and sit down quietly and put your hands palm up on your laps and just close your eyes So it's a very simple process. It will only take maybe five minutes to do it. But let's just do it with full heart. That's what it all matters because it's actually a purest desire and it works the more you actually do it with a strong desire to do it. So leave both your hands in your lap. Sit very comfortably relaxed on a chair, on a bed, on the floor, wherever you like, on the grass. And... Leave your left hand in your lap at all times and put your right hand onto your heart, slightly to the left side of your chest. And here you ask yourself this mothering energy. You can call her mother. You say, Mother, am I a pure spirit? Ask yourself a few times this question, Mother, Am I a pure spirit? Take your right hand to the upper part of your stomach on the left hand side of your body, just below the ribs. At this energy chakra, we ask, Mother, am I my own master? Mother, am I my own master? Now bring your right hand to the lower part of your stomach onto the hip joint. 
This chakra is the seat of pure knowledge. So here we ask Mother Kundalini, Mother, please give me the pure knowledge. Mother, please give me the pure knowledge. Take your right hand back onto the upper part of your stomach again. And here you ask the mothering energy, Mother, I am my own master. Mother, I am my own master. Take your right hand onto your heart again. Here we say, Mother, I am a pure spirit. Mother, I am a pure spirit. Now take your right hand onto your left shoulder and hold your neck in that corner where your neck and shoulder are joined together. Turn your head slightly towards your right. And here we say, Mother Kundalini, I am not guilty at all. Mother Kundalini, I am not guilty at all. take your right hand to the forehead put your hand on your forehead as if you're holding it in your you're holding your head in your hands and here we say mother I forgive everyone in general mother I forgive everyone in general Take your right hand on the back of your head and raise your head up, up towards the sky. And here you say, Mother, if I have committed any mistakes, please forgive me. Mother, if I have committed any mistakes, please forgive me. Now stretch open your right hand with the center of your palm going on top of your head, which is the fontanelle bone area, which was the soft bone when we were babies. Put the center of your palm there. Give it a gentle rub, a gentle massage. And here we say with complete sincerity, Mother, Please give me my self-realization. Mother, please give me my self-realization. Mother, please give me the connection so I can be in meditation. 
Now raise that right hand above your head, maybe six to eight inches above your head. And just feel the sensation on that right palm. Do you feel a cool or a warm breeze emerging from the top of your head? Sometimes you can feel it higher than six to eight inches. Sometimes you can feel it lower than six to eight inches. It's, you have to work out where do you feel it. You can bring your right hand back into your lap and try it with your left hand. See if you feel a different sensation with your left hand. And bring both your hands down back into your lap open palms facing upwards and just leave your awareness leave your attention on top of your head where your hand was and just meditate for a few minutes like that Thank you. 
And go out, Maria, in the frightening night To look for your children in the near and the far Cause we know you will protect us wherever we are You're listening to the Sahaja Yoga Meditation Program. The founder of Sahaja Yoga is Shimatajinya Maladevi. Shimataji started Sahaja Yoga over 40 years ago and traveled the world to freely spread her words of wisdom with the unique purpose of spiritual emancipation of human being. Since then, Sahaja Yoga has spread all over the world. Sahaja Yoga is not another dogmatic religion. Shimataji wants us to become our own master, to do the right thing, not because someone else said so or is watching us, but to do the right thing because the moral qualities are imbibed inside us and we cannot go against them anymore. Mahima, why, is, uh, the, why are the practitioners of Sahaja Yoga so thankful to Shimataji? Well, basically the, the technique of Sahaja Yoga was uh, given to the world by Shrimataji Nirmala Devi in 1970. She started Sahaja Yoga by making it, I mean, the the chakras and the nadis and the channels were already all pre-existing. It's not a new knowledge. But what Shrimataji did was she made it available to every human being. Doesn't matter what walk of life you come from. Doesn't matter how old you are. It was made very easily available to to the, to the humanity. So it's her greatest gift to humanity that we can achieve self-realization so easily and then also to pass it on to other people so easily. And Hema, what's so special about Shrimataji? Shrimataji has made me known the meaning of life. And I think I'm existing on this earth is just because I'm connected to this divine energy by her blessings. And I think I would, my only pure desire is to let every person, every single cell in this earth, everywhere around know about Sahaja Yoga because I have known my life after coming to Sahaja Yoga and after getting connected to this divine energy. And once you know your aim of life, everything is joyful and full of pure love. That's the reason why we're here, isn't it? Definitely. <laughs> Talk to you in the radio about it because um, you you also have to have a chance to know about it. And Mahima, I know you spent a lot of time with Shimataji in your childhood and teenage. Um, do, do you have any uh, recollection or anything you'd like to share with us? Um, yeah, we, we were very lucky in 80s and 90s. We got to see her a lot when she traveled to different places around India. She came to our hometown and uh, we got to spend some time with her. But my first memory as a child, as a teenage person, when I first saw her, I didn't know anything about her being a spiritual person and a divine person or, I mean, in other terms, you can say a master of this technique. What she strike to me was like a grandmother. When I saw her for the first time, I just felt She's very humble. She's very simple. She could just be my grandmother and I can love this person. So I guess 
if you no matter what you are in life whether you are a parent whether you are a great person or whatever when you see somebody and if you feel that you can love this person and you feel love from them that is the most which counts i guess it's the motherly quality in her which i realized that she was very loving no no even though she didn't speak to me but the way she was and the way everybody around was her was just made me feel that i can love this person because she's very loving she, i mm-hmm. felt the love and i felt a love that transforms me as well that's an acting love so um we like to now play an extract of a talk given by shumata ji in 1981 it's about the power of our kundalini and this kundalini you also have inside they i told you about kundalini and that kundalini is the pure desire within us that manifests or is awakened to give us our self realization means the desire is only fulfilled when you get your self realization otherwise it is not manifested it is just dormant it is still residual it has created the whole divinas but until and unless you get self realization unless and until you become one with your spirit you have not achieved the manifestation of this power which will go on making you run and run and run thinking that you have not yet achieved or you have not found out your way it will be there all the time sleeping but giving you a feeling of vacuum so this power must be made to manifest But when it manifests, what happens? Why let it be? Let it be done. What happens? Come on. What happens? Huh? All right. All right. Yes. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Now one has to keep quiet, all right? Mm. Then <coughs> this power has got certain quality. The first quality it has got this is Uddhavati. Means it it, uh, it goes against the gravity. it goes against the gravity you see a thing rises it doesn't go down so a person has to be aspiring very much if a person is not aspiring type the kundalini doesn't rise because like you see the when food passes down our stomach it passes the 
sides of the intestines. By that, these movements of going down takes place. You see, Mahatma? So when the Kundalini starts and starts pressing on the sides of the chakras, she creates a feeling of throwing it higher and higher. But the Kundalini rises higher and higher and higher because it is like fire. Fire never burns downward. It always burns up. She looks also like fire. And she has the capacity of fire. The fire has a capacity to purify and to burn off whatever can be burnt off. It purifies the things which it cannot burn and burns off the things which are inflammable, which can be burnt off. Come now, come. So the quality of fire that exists in the Kundalini burns off whatever is useless. Like in our house, we find all the useless things and we take them in the garden and burn them, finished. Once for all they are finished. So when the Kundalini rises, she also burns off all useless things. All your useless desires, your useless ideas of action, all sorts of useless accumulation of feelings and uh, egos and every sort of a nonsensical thing that is in between. Everything is burnt off because they can be burnt. They are not eternal by nature. They are not eternal by nature. They are temporarily there. All that is temporary, she burns off. And that's how she enlightens the spirit because spirit cannot be burnt by anything. But this burning is so beautiful that it burns off all that is bad, stagnating, all that is polluting, all that is a disease, and cools down the system. <coughs> it is very interesting to see how this power of fire becomes a cool breeze. But in the science also you find that electricity can give you hot breeze or cool breeze. You can transform from one to another. But there is no ultimate for these things. They are always reversible. Supposing something becomes a magnetism, you can always convert into electricity. Electricity can always be converted into magnetism. But Kundalini is such a thing that once she burns off everything that is there, that's how you get heat because she's burning. But when she cools down and becomes cool, then she's not reversible. That's why it is a living process. Living process is never reversible. All dead processes can be reversible. But anything that is reversible, now supposing you are grown up, you cannot become a little baby. Whatever you may try, you may have any number of operations, you cannot be 
Now you are grown up. Now you are modern, overdeveloped. You may try anything to become a primitive person, you cannot. You just cannot. Whatever you may try, that will be all very artificial. You may just feel that you have become primitive by wearing some sort of a dress, by feeling that, oh, now there's no modernism in us and now we have become very, very subdued, nothing will It is curable, but not reversible, but it's a living person. So Kundalini within us expedites the living process within us of our evolution. So the power of Kundalini is to purify. She purifies us like fire. She doesn't purify us like water. Surprising. She doesn't purify us like water. Now water, what does the water do? Water never burns off anything, but it dissolves certain It can take in something within itself, see? It can contain some of the dirt within itself. Supposing you put a color in the water, it assumes the color. But Kundalini does not assume the color. She burns her. Do you follow my point? So if you have anything wrong within you, she'll burn it off, but she'll not absorb, she's pure. She cannot absorb those things into her that will pollute her. She cannot be polluted. Yoga meditation program. We are back with Mahima and Hema, and um, we would like to discuss the importance the importance of positive upbringing of children. Um, so, Mahima, what does it mean uh, to be a positive parent or to be a good parent? Well, that's a difficult question because we all assess, we all claim that we are good parents. <laughs> Nobody is a bad parent. Um, But I guess in terms of, I mean, we are all trying our best to be good parents. And uh, 
to be a positive parent or to be a to be a good parent is that you have to be fair you have to be loving you have to be reasonable and you have to be giving so i guess it's the basically all the qualities of a mother and you know primarily and you're also mis- making your children giving them the choice to make right and wrong decisions but in a gentle way correcting them and giving them the discretion to choose for themselves that they do make the right decisions for themselves in their life so i guess it's in a way it's some way it's also a detachment that you let them a little bit surrendering to let them be themselves because they're not your clones they are an individual person they are their own people yeah they don't belong to you neither exactly so you it's the better the more you are detached as a parent as well and let them be them themselves themselves then it's i think maybe they all apply for me as a parent mm. I, actually if we don't feel guilty for their misbehave if we don't feel emotional about things we are much better parents we're more balanced in our way to correct them and uh, it comes from the love and not from the anger or from the guilt and uh, I, i also feel like um, if i look at my own parenting i don't think anybody is born as a mother maybe shimataji was <laughs> but uh, you, you don't you're not born as a perfect mother and um, your children are teaching you and if you have the introspection and the attention on yourself and the humility to correct yourself and to accept that you're not perfect your children life all the children all this is teaching you how to become a good mother a good parent and um hema you mentioned before that your children are also meditating and i can confirm my hema's one and mine also are meditating um how is meditation helping your children when my children return back from school sometimes i feel that they are a bit restless so um i just ask them that can you please sit for a few minutes in meditation and children are so innocent this energy immediately uh, is already awakened in them or awakens immediately in them and if they sit in meditation for a few minutes they just calm down and the reason behind that is that when this energy awakens it takes out all the negative aspects from inside you and connects you with positivity brings in positive energy in you and all the plexuses in our system have got positive energy in them that are released after getting connected to this energy so they become a very positive confident loving personalities after this meditation yeah i had very similar experience with uh my son coming back really restless and emotional and crying for nothing and not being himself and uh, just uh, using a few techniques one is uh, having a foot soak uh, so you put your feet in a, a bucket of cold water with salt and um and just 10 minutes after just being himself again so that's uh, that's that kundalini is a true miracle um I would like to talk about discipline because we we didn't mention a bit but that's probably the biggest nightmare of any mother. <laughs> And Shimataji said children have to be extremely well disciplined. So it's it is an important subject. And um she mentioned not to discipline from anger but from love. And um 
And so one of the quotes, she said, we have to use very good language and we are not to be angry. So what's uh, your own experience with discipline and with anger, maybe, <laughs> or anger management? <laughs> or with expression of love through discipline? If you have any. Well, basically what my experience is that being human beings, we do get angry at some time in our lives. It's not that we cannot get angry, but if you're getting angry, it's dealing with children from, from with using your ego and super ego. That's using your mental aspect. So these things don't really touch them. What touches them is when you're dealing with them with the pure love from your heart. So even if you're loving them and even if you're angry from your heart, you're loving them. So it touches them immediately and it corrects them there and then. But if you're screaming, shouting, hitting, it's these are all mental aspects. So it doesn't really touch their heart. Mm -hmm. They're going to listen to you that way today, but tomorrow they're going to forget about it. But if you try to discipline them out of your heart, you may scold them from your heart because you love them from your heart. So the love is there in, in your heart, being a mother. And through love, if we try and discipline them, yes, we do have to scold them. We do have to correct them. But it's out of a very loving attitude towards them, using the correct language, as Caroline mentioned. I think, yes. It doesn't mean we don't have to be firm. Huh? We, we are, like It's not all, a, oh, my sweetheart, please don't break this beautiful vase mama loves so much. It's not about that. It's, it's They have to feel the love from the, the bond of the mother and then your firm voice and your wisdom and your, your own dignity can make the child behave better. Yes, you. I truly believe this because I'm very firm when I'm dealing with my children, but it has to be out of love. The only point I'd like to add here is, uh, it's, I mean, yes, we do love our children and we do discipline them with love. But if we also give them a self-respecting personality, if we teach them that they are human beings and they are little people, but that's them, you know, they are an individual, not satisfying too much their ego, but giving them that they, they are become aware of their own personality, then, then that discipline comes from within them as well. So if we give if we give them the capacity to understand self-respect, then they don't try to do too many naughty things because it's they such know. a good point, Mahima. I, actually, I was just about to read a quote of Shimataji, where she explained that um, the best discipline for children is to give them dignity. So when the child is dignified himself, he will discipline himself better. And the quote is: um, "It's a very common thing to insult your children from their childhood." Why did you spoil that carpet? Why did you do that? You should not say things like this. Why did you? This is a very wrong thing of disciplining. The best discipline is to put dignity into the children. You see, a good home in India is known by the way children are addressed in the family. Like in a good family, we address children like sir, like, like that, like means sir. The, uh, we never address the children with indignity and we put them in a dignified level and it is a very nice thing. So I don't know, I, I, I like to call my children angel or little prince, I, I do it in French, but like everyone can find their own word to, to talk with respect to the child, to put them on a, on a higher level. So they already feel even in your tone how, 
how dignified they should be. Do you have any personal experience about this dignity? Well, I think my daughter was, she's 10 and she was a bit naughty at school sometimes and I heard a report that, you know, she was uh, not, not being very good. She was with a crowd of friends and they were trying to do the cool things. So when I spoke to her, uh, all I said to her is when I come to your school and when they tell me about your behavior, I will have to put my head in shame. I have to put my head down and I will be listening to those things. And and I will be very ashamed of myself, not of you, but I'll be ashamed of myself because you're my daughter and you're being there telling me these things about you. And I think that was enough for me to bring my 10-year-old child back to the right track. You know, mm -hmm. She realized immediately that if you make your parents embarrassed the, by my behavior, if my mother is ashamed of what I am behaving. So I think if you, I mean, that's the thing. If you have given them the dignity, the, the personality and the love, they understand that you, they don't want your parents to be, their parents to feel ashamed of their behavior. Mm -hmm. So I think it is a very big, big blessing that a child to realize that, that they're losing their parents' love or they're losing their own dignity. Yeah. So I think it, it was much easier than trying to shout with her and to negotiate with her. And and I, I was surprised at myself as well that how did we work this situation out so easily. So it does, it does help, you know, investing in your children's time and attention and love. It does repays. Actually, well, again, what you say, some, some quote I was going to read where she met that she said, don't dishonor your children by shouting at them and publicly especially. And she said, you sit down with them, have a conference. We'll have a conference now, you tell them. I'll sit down, so let them feel and let them sit with, on the chair like in a conference hall and tell them, you have to be honorable children, you have to behave yourself. You have to be dignified. You talk to them, develop their personality that way so that they are majestic, they are regal, like a queen or a king. They cannot be sheepish like others. Because all the time we say, don't touch this, don't touch that. They don't know, they are confused. Talk to them, sit down, talk to them. What is it to be done? How to, you have to behave. How to say nice things. How to help others. How to share your things. How to give your toys how to keep your things, how to be neat, how to be tidy. It's a training. That's what you have to do. So it's a training. And our role as mother is also to repeat a lot and to be patient and, um, and to understand the limitation of the child. And the last thing, uh, there's so much more I wanted to say, but <laughs> there's no time. Time is running out. Um, there's one thing I wanted to say about not spoiling them because... <laughs> because it, it's also they can hit on on the top of your head so one thing she said is too much interest in the child is not good that all time run after your child do this for your children because once they know they are dominating you they will sit on your heads so you also have to be careful that um, you're the one in control and um, and you do it from your heart so um, I think uh, it's the end of the program. So we'll listen to one more song and then we'll say goodbye. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, Caroline. Thank you, Caroline.
Good night, little yogi child. Another day with mother, so sweet and mild. Good night, little yogi sleep. So it's now time to say goodbye. We hope you've enjoyed the program today. To learn more about True Meditation, you can join a program in one of our centers near your area. All Sahaja Yoga programs in Australia and around the world are free of charge. To find us, please go to www.freemeditation.com.au It's www.freemeditation.com.au Or you can also call one 724 252. It's 1-300-724-252. We might see you there. Bye for now. See you.